Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Ron Winter is a recent guest on the show, but after a recent, highly successful trip to Lake Ontario, I wanted to have him back on. Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you. For, thanks for having me. You've just returned from fishing the Oak Orchard area of Lake Ontario. It's about a six-hour drive from your house to Oak Orchard. Um, the premise behind today's show is how does someone from outside the area go about fishing new water? So first of all, why did you choose this particular area? I've heard so much about it, and uh, it's, it's always been a bucket list destination in July. I've heard about the fabulous steelhead fishing and the king fishing. And uh, this goes back 20 years ago because I'm used to fishing Niagara Bar and also in the west, um, excuse me, in the east, you know, near Pulaski, uh, Mexico Point and Oswego. So going back 20 years, uh, there's this, there was this retired charter captain, Joe and his wife, Shirley. Well, they would actually, on the website at the Oak, would do these reports from five or six captains that are legendary there and do them daily. And, there was nobody else doing this. So when you read this stuff, you can't help but just be captivated by the fabulous fishing, especially in the July time frame at the Oak. So fast forward 15 years later, uh, they both passed, unfortunately, and there's this one captain there, Real Excitement Charters, who does live Facebook, no, well, not live, but Facebook uh, two or three minute fishing reports. And that's Bob Songin of Real Excitement Charters. And uh, Again, this took it another step and nobody else is doing this. And you listen to these reports and you can almost feel yourself come up with a plan as a first time visitor of where you want to start and, uh, and, and forward and such. So you talked about being someone who fished Niagara, you fished on the east side of the lake. Where exactly is Oak for people who don't know where it is? Okay, Oak Orchard is about 45 minutes east of the Niagara Bar, where we fish in May. And it's also, if you know where Rochester, New York is, it's almost in the middle, Chris, uh, of the lake. So you're kind of, you're about an hour from Rochester, New York. So you're between the two points, east and west. Yeah, there's a little bit of hump. If, you, if you're familiar with Lake Ontario, there's a little bit of hump right in the middle of the New York shore. And it's kind of right on the, right on the tip of that hump. So that's kind of the easy way. It's almost about halfway uh, right in the middle there of the lake. Um, have you ever fished this area before, Ron? Have you ever been there before uh, with your boat? I never have. Uh, you know, and that was part of the allure was that going to someplace new, exciting, and, and trying to challenge whatever it throws at you. And the thing about the oak is it's usually very, there's deep water, very close to shore, about a mile. And uh, you, you don't have to burn any gas, basically, you know. You don't have to go very far and you're in it. You did talk just a few moments ago about putting a plan together. So tell me about putting your plan together and what was your plan? Well, my plan was to use our Niagara bar program in the middle of May when we're fishing the lock derby every year. And that is, uh, we start out with four riggers on my 19 foot boat and two dipsies. And that's your lot three rods a person, there's two of us. And I'll run a spoon program the first two hours from sunrise. And then as the sun comes up, I will take two riggers out of the spread and just use 
the dipsies, keep the dipsies in the water, the braid dipsies, and the two riggers, and I'll switch over to flasher flies or flashers and meat. Uh, in this particular time, you know, you never know what day, you know, which is going to work better, but flashers and meat were just unbelievable, almost to the point they probably should make it illegal to fish with meat. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was shooting fish in a barrel. You guys had a great trip. Uh, things went well. You caught some fish. You just talked about your program, kind of what you run, ran. But tell me about the preparation and kind of what goes into this. You had to pull your boat about six hours to get there. So what kind of things went into putting this trip together and getting ready to go uh, make that trip and get on the water and do some fishing? Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's over it's over 400 miles. It's it's at least yeah, and uh, there's there's a lot of prep. We we stayed at the at the local motel there, which is right on the creek. It's a marina, and uh, you know just you know all all the stuff you bring, all your gear you bring, uh, you bring you bring rain gear, you bring you know almost the stuff like you're going camping, and the truck is full. <laughs> in the back of the truck all the all the stuff and of course we're bringing all our gear you know because uh, we never know what to and we bring a lot of rods because uh, uh, you know you don't never know what we want to you know if we want to fish steelhead or bring some segmented lead cord or you know to run on inline boards and basically basically we bring the kitchen sink. Hey, you talked about a little bit earlier about not having to go far but kind of give us a lay of the land you know you put the boat in what's next what, what kind of things you're doing and what's specific to Oak Orchard do, uh, do people need to think about if they're going to do some fishing there? Okay. Well, uh, you know, when we launch at the, uh, at the launch, you're only about a, a, geez, a quarter of a mile once you launch your boat right there in the uh, Oak Orchard River. And it's not a bay. It's just, they call it the chute. And it has a break wall in front of it. And you just have to go a very short distance, get out on the lake. And you only have to go out a half a mile and you start hitting 60, 70 feet of water. So we'll start setting up, you know, as, as we're leaving, we're getting the water at 5 a.m. just before sunrise. And, uh, you know, we'll start putting our, our spoons out, our dark spoons. And we use the, uh, the Frankenstein by Silver Streak or the Moon Eye or by, uh, they call it the Carbon 14, which is, uh, I'm trying to think of the, moonshine lures, excuse me. And these are mag spoons. They're four and three quarter inches. And uh, so that's basically our, our, our setup. We'll set up just as it's starting to get light. And uh, usually, and what we'll see on the screen is the fish out of temperature and the bait. We'll, we'll, we'll look on our sonar and we'll see a lot of bait and fish around them at 40 feet. So that water was about 72 degrees, 73 degrees. But uh, the thermocline was not far away. So uh, with that set up, you know, until the bait starts sinking and stuff back into the temperature, uh, it's very effective. So that's basically our setup, Chris, when we're first going out. And like I said, you can either go east or west uh, out front of the chute. We'll start at the chute and uh, there's great fishing either direction. And, uh, and as far as, you know, later in the morning when we switch over and we take two riggers out of the program, there's inside water which is up to 120 feet there's outside water which is 200 to 300 feet and it's not that far to the outside water and what's really interesting is you watch the captains and what they do they come out they start in short water they go you know if they find some fish they're working and working them but then when things slow down they start going 
north. And north is just deeper water. And they go out north till they hit a certain depth that they uh, start finding fishing on again. And they'll stay on that contour and go east or west. But it's, it's really, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool to watch these guys working out there. Cause you know, you can learn a lot as a new person watching, uh, you know, the angles and how they approach, you know, finding fish. And there are so many fish, it's been so fabulous the last two or three years on Lake Ontario. You don't have to go far to find fish, especially out of a port like, like Oak Orchard. Sure. So you've talked about going from that spoon to the meat during the day, but you were there for four days. What did the last day look like compared to the first day as far as what you were doing? What did you learn and, and how did you kind of um, take those lessons and, and change or, or kind of adjust things through the four days that you were there? Okay, great question. The first day when I first came out, I felt like I was lost. <laughs> I was looking at, like anybody, you know, you look, at, you look out across all the water and say, oh, gee, where do I start? You know, I felt like I was 40 years ago when we were first fishing Lake Ontario. You know, that feeling of that, that you're like, oh, you know, you got to build some confidence when you're going to a new water. So what I, so that first day we got blown off after three hours and uh, we got three fish, but it was really rough. It was four to five footers when we finally bagged it. But the next three days when we came back out, it was calm. So the next day uh, we started using our favorite flasher flies you know, that we use, and Mirage Fly, and a Black Edge, Pro Troll, but we really weren't getting traction with the Flasher Flies, and it wasn't till really the third day that uh, when we started using the meat, we hit a home run, because once we started using that meat, we started catching a lot of fish, so then I got kind of greedy. I said, okay, let's try two more meat rigs with, with two more riggers in the water while the bite just died. We had all that flash going on underneath us and our, and our gypsies are firing too. So I took the, after about half an hour, I took those two riggers back out and I just stayed with a four rod program. But the, with the meat, the way they're hitting it, and we run the meat behind an eight inch pro troll. Uh, so same stuff we run, you know, we run with the flies. And so it's, it's really, really simple. And uh, you know, and then the last day I was saying, uh, I was going to say the last day, everything just came together and we caught a lot of fish. And uh, surprisingly, the bite was really good from 11 o'clock till two or three o'clock on the last day. And, uh, and so, you know, we were fortunate that, uh, you know, the fish were, had another feeding, you know, because they go through these cycles as you're on the water, you know, where it starts slowing down 10, 11 o'clock on some days. So it, it's always changing, but uh if you stay out there, you'll experience, you know, you'll, you'll find those active fish. Now, it's really interesting because buddies of mine were out in 300 feet of water and uh, they were struggling with the meat. And we were on the inside water in 85 feet of water, uh, seven or eight miles west of the oak, you know, and uh, we were catching a lot of fish. So they were catching them out in two or 300 down 90 feet with their flasher flies and couldn't catch them on meat. And we were down you know, uh, 60, 70 feet with our meat in the short water, skinny water, and catching a lot of fish. So you just never know. And tell me a little bit about the fishing. Uh, what kind of, what the fish that you were catching, what size and species, and what, what did it look like on the boat when you guys were out there? We're catching basically all your classes. Everything from, you know, three or four pounds from, to 
six or eight pounds to teenagers, 13 to 15 pounds. And then there's the, 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 the ones I call the matures, which are over 20, which are in that last year in the lake. And uh, we had uh, several 25 pounds and we had one that was 27, 28 pounds, our best fish. So you're getting all your classes of fish. So it's keeping you really busy and uh, it's, it's really good to see for the future. Yeah, it was just you and a friend, right? Two people in the boat? Two people. And, uh, you know, I've had an autopilot. I'm very lucky in the last 13, 14 years. And we troll with our big four-stroke motor. I got a 200 Merc. And, uh, you know, uh, with two people, it's really fun because, uh, you know, you let the autopilot take over when you're setting lines and when you're reeling in fish. So it really, it's a really hands-free type of uh, thing, which makes it very enjoyable. Well, you've had some time to reflect on it. If you were to do it again, plan the same trip, what would you do differently than what you did this time? Uh, probably, let's see, I would say, you know, if you, sometimes the bite slows down a lot. I mean, we had one day, we had beautiful weather and uh, the bite just never happened in the afternoon. That was day two. And, you know, I was like, oh gosh, you know, but it's sometimes you gotta stay out there you don't know when to, you know, to come in because other times, you know, the bite just isn't there and then you come out, out in the evening and fish. So you got to kind of weigh your, you know, depending on the mood of the fish, you know, say coming 11, 12 o'clock comes because there is a good evening bite too. But uh, I would say I would do that differently. The other thing is, uh, you know, I'd say just, just focusing on the four riggers, uh, running copper or running lead core off inline boards, you know, in a smaller boat, I don't think you really need to because, the, there's so many fish there and with just two dipsies and two riggers, this is what I do different. And I would just stay with that four rod program because initially I did try to run six rigs, you know, after that eight o'clock with the spoons I was describing. And it just kind of, I know they're kind of getting away, you know? So I would say, you know, that four rod program just makes it so much easier when you're bringing fish in, you're not, you know, having them going around the down riggers at the corner riggers in the back, just run the two side riggers. So I'd say that would be something different. Oh, buy more meat. <laughs> we ran out of meat the, th the third day. <laughs> I said, we really got one left in the water. And, uh, and that's all they were hitting was the meat. You know, I, I was put, I was subbing flasher flies in where the meat was because we were running out of it. And we were down to one piece of meat when we quit at 3.30 in the afternoon. They were hungry. Yeah, I guess so. Tell me a little bit about your boat. What are you running out there? Uh, I run a, a 196 Fishmaster by StarCraft. And what makes this boat unique? It's like my former boat I had for 26 years, my 19 CNF. It's got a high back. It's not a multi-species boat. It's strictly made for trolling on the Great Lakes or, or like Lake Champlain or bigger bodies of water. And uh, the, the reason is I, I just like being contained in that area. And you know you feel pretty safe, especially if the water gets rough. But uh, this boat has a lot of big water characteristics, and when the when the waves get to four to six feet, honestly, I never catch a lot of fish. It was like that first day we got blown off. You know we got caught out, cut rougher and rougher, and uh, you know we cut our losses at 9:30 in the morning and came in. So uh, you know if you have to be out there, you know I mean if if it gets to four to six, I don't think I want to be on the water because I never had a really good bite when fishing in rough conditions. So it's a, it's a great boat for the, for the Great Lakes. You do a lot of YouTubing too, Ron. 
tell me about kind of your filming setup and how you how you put the videos together. Well, I just got a GoPro 8 for Father's Day, and it was an early Christmas present because my wife and kids knew that uh, it was something I could use, you know, this season. So I've been using the, the GoPro instead of just filming with my phone because it's hands-free. I got a head harness that it goes into, so I take my hat off and I just plop that on and you hit the record button on top and you hit it again to shut it off. So you can do real on-demand type filming when you're either the reel is screaming or uh, you know, you're bringing that fish in at the last minute. So it gets you those really good action shots to put into a clip you know, at the end of the day. And uh, it's, it's, it's fabulous because it's, it's really, it's kind of a hands-free approach. And wherever you point your eyes, you know, you got that camera on there and you, you got a really good close-up view. I see so many times you, you guys, some of the guys mount the camera way in the back on their boats and you're looking from a distance, you know, when they're getting a release and stuff. But, you know, that'll chew up batteries. That'll, uh, it takes a long time to edit all that video, you know, if you let it run in for hours. And with this on-demand thing, you just put the head harness on. As soon as you got a fish on, you hit the record button, and you can get uh, the key portion, the key parts to help put together a clip. And uh, I also use on my MacBook, my Apple MacBook, I have this iMovie uh, free uh, that comes with it, and it allows you to edit really easily. I mean, I don't even use the YouTube editor. I think this 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 uh, iMovie thing on the MacBook Air is really easy to use. And I have, a, I have a lot of fun putting the clips all together to, you know, produce a, a short two-minute clip of our, our trip. Yeah, it's always fun to watch your little recap videos. And I think you're making a name for yourself because I put a picture of your boat on our Facebook page the other day, and somebody said, that looks like Ron Winter's boat. So, <laughs> know who you are. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you. <clears throat> Is there anything about uh, Orc Orchard or anything else that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about today? Well, you know, it's a very small area and I mean, as far as a town and it really, it just, it's, it, it's a great place to visit, you know, and uh, you, you feel, you know, the, the people are really nice there. They've got great fa facilities as far as the launches and easy access to deep water. And, uh, you know, it's just an education going there the first time and, I can't wait to go back and I, I really enjoyed my four days there and it was everything that I had imagined it was it was going to be. Well that's awesome it's great when uh, you put a trip like that together and everything that you kind of hoped would happen happened so um, it's good to hear you had a great trip thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing details of your trip and kind of how it went um, it's always good to have you on I know we just had you on about two weeks ago but uh, it's good to hear from you I, I think you're a great interview and a fun person to talk to so I appreciate it. Chris, uh, thank you for having me back again because uh, I had a lot. I have a lot of fun, and uh, you know this this trip was just. I'm I'm still excited about coming back. I can't wait to go go back again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.